Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is My Wardrobe Malfunction, the podcast about clothes and bloody everything else, really. This is season eight and episode 58, which means if you've been living under a rock and you haven't found us before, we've dozens of episodes for you to enjoy, including chats with so many Strictly legends, Stacey Dooley, Joe Sugg, Deborah Meaden, Michelle Visage, Reverend Richard Coles, Ashley Roberts, and yes, Mr. Twinkle Toes, Anton Tubek. But today, I'm delighted to say we have the Grand Fromage herself. It's Strictly Come Dancing head judge, Shirley Ballas. Before we begin, don't forget we have our own live show, and I promise I won't be dancing, on Sunday, 7th of November at Yvonne Arno Theatre in Guildford. It'll be live streaming too. More on that at the end of the episode. But for now, let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside. Hello, everybody. Today, I'm with someone who it kind of feels sort of weird because the only time I've met this amazing woman, I was in absolute fear for my life, and my life literally depended on her. Um, and so I'd like to introduce the most wonderful, undisputed queen of Latin and head judge on Strictly, Shirley Ballas. How are you, Shirley? Well, that's quite an introduction. That is really quite lovely. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here with you. Oh, it's so nice to see you because it's like we never get to meet you properly. And although you're so familiar and, and we, you have, you know, we've watched you for all the time you've been um, the head judge and we feel we know you, we actually, I never got the privilege to actually get to know you properly, which was a shame. Oh, well, we've got this special time together. Exactly. So this is exactly. really nice. Yeah, no, it's great. And you'll be starting up soon, but when obviously not here to only talk about Strictly, but I do have to mention it. And um, the, the one question I do want to ask is, do you think you massively overmarked me by giving me three points for my samba to Tico Tico? No. Do you remember that? It was a disaster. Of course I remember, but there were certain things that you did well in your samba, certain things that you did very, very well, and they warranted getting a good mark. Uh, well, three is, you know, considering the rest of them, three three was a good mark. But all I can remember, I kind of watched it back the other day, and all I could see was basically Ava, Peron, Ava Peron's corpse kind of being wielded around oh. by Anton and then being chucked across the dance floor like a sort of giant sack, orange sack of potatoes. So it wasn't my finest moment. <laughs> but did you enjoy the experience of being on the show? 
you know what? I, I hated every minute of the dancing, and, um, but I loved the experience and I loved the friendships I made. And I, it was just, it was sort of almost like going back in time to the 1940s and being on a huge movie set. It was such an amazingly slick operation and every single person was delightful. So from that perspective, I adored it. Well, that's amazing. And what are you thinking about the cast that's been set so far? Um, I think it's looking really interesting. Don't you? I'm excited. I was excited to see Dan Walker today. He's already yeah. got full shoulder lines and tall. And will he make a ballroom dancer? Won't he make a ballroom dancer? Well, you will know, Charlie. And you've got the lovely Anton. I'm so pleased he's he's made it to judge. Yeah, he's such a... I mean, I've known him all my life. I mean, we've, he's competed in the same industry. And we've been friends for a long, long time. So I'm absolutely you know, delighted that his bucket list came true and we'll be sitting next to each other through the whole course of the series, God willing. And yeah. uh, yes, I'm sure he will add so many wonderful finer points to the show. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think he's he sort of will find his kind of next natural role after being a ballroom dancer in that. So, I mean, do you think anyone can learn to ballroom dance or are there exceptions that prove the rule because that's what Anton did actually say to me there are some people who just will never get it I I think everybody can learn even if it's just one two three one two three or samba bounce samba bounce it depends it to what level I mean my mum's 84 I can pick her up I can do a little waltz with her I can do a little samba bounce with her so I believe everybody can do a little bit of dancing if it's kept super simple yeah what you do is you go out into this, you know, millions of people watching you every week. And that's when it becomes a little bit more difficult because you're under pressure to learn it in one week. As where other people, you'll have to let them in. So sorry. Yeah, um, that's my dog. People yeah. take more time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's funny, though, you know, with the you think about people mention the audience and the fact that it is being watched by millions of people. Sorry, my dogs are bloody barking. Your um, dog's barking. My doorbell's ringing. It's life. It's life is going on around us as we're speaking. But I think that you, you are watching, you know, as a, as a contestant, you know, you're being watched by millions of people. And funny enough, I found that OK. What I found the most terrifying was this sort of panel of godlike figures, i.e. yourself and the rest of the judges. And, and it's, it's putting yourself forward to be judged, I think, is, is one of the hardest things to overcome. And I, I don't know how you found that when you were starting out in your career as a ballroom dancer. I just used to see everybody as just another person going about their average day, you know, like another day at the office. We're trained like that as top competitors, not to be, not to fear the panel that's in front of you. But again, I feel some of the fear with the panel comes from the fact that you have such a short space of time to get your act together. If I gave you six months to do a samba, trust me, you would be very excited to get out there and show me. You know, yeah. Okay. so yeah, no, I think that's no true. Timeline when people want to learn to dance. The, the, the exciting part about Strictly is you have a week, or at the beginning, you get a couple of weeks to introduce yourself to it, and then it starts to go quite fast. And you have this one week to get everything together the timing, the steps, the a little bit of technique if you can, synchron, synchronizing with your partner and staying on time to the music. 
So my advice to anybody who does that show is don't worry about what the judges, when I'm, I can speak for myself, or I can speak for Motsi too, not there to, I'm there to try to find the good in what you do. Yeah. And to give you some little tips, if you like, some little nuggets that you can take away that will improve what you're not doing so well for the next week. I'm not there to think, oh, that was bad. I think I can find the good in pretty much anything you do you know I mean of course my own was some was on Dancing with the Stars for many many years and I would go every week and then some comment would be thrown out without thought from an adjudicator and and wouldn't be thinking about that hard work that that person has just spent hours and hours 50 hours a week perfecting it's not what you say it's how you say it Mm. so I think it's important Mm. to still be encouraging with people that they do feel there's a lifeline to continue for the next week. Mm, absolutely. And I think that that is so, what you're saying is so relevant to you because you do give advice and it's very, I mean, you're very eloquent and the ability to be able to do that in nugget size bites is a skill. You know, it's a journalist can do that at the drop of a hat, but but you can do it too. And it's, and that's what I love about you in particular and Motsi as well, but is the way you, you give advice without playing for the up to the the TV audience. You know it's genuine and it's authentic. And of course, there's got to be a balance. But um, I love, I just love music and dancing. It's yeah, it's in my body, it's in my soul. It doesn't matter where I am. I love to watch it. And I can remember that on one of the weeks, having a little not a run in with Craig, but I was commenting on somebody's technique, and he goes, "They don't need to know technique." Well, let me tell you, if you don't need learn a little technique in the first four weeks, you'll never get Ooh. to the end. So, as the shows, let's say it's got thirteen weeks to it you need at least on the first five weeks to be constantly trying to put a little bit of technique underneath your body so that when you've suddenly got two dances and group dances and a finale and you've got to do a big exhibition number as well as two numbers you've done before you have to have a little bit underneath your body Mm. so that's why I'm so adamant I'm not looking for world championship level technique but I am looking for a little bit yeah for some and but don't you get frustrated um watching and thinking ah I wish I could just get out there and just you know say okay let's put your leg in this position or let's I know you can say it with words but it is so much of it is about that physical contact and I wonder if you get frustrated by not being someone's mentor and not being someone's partner on the show if I was on the end and sat where Craig was, I would be up and showing leg actions because I can do it and show it quick. Because sometimes people are auditory, they learn by listening. And sometimes people are visual and they learn by watching. Most people are visual. They need mm. to see the shape. They need to see how the arms are designed through space. They need to understand exactly what you're talking about standing on a straight leg. You know, mm. you standing leg. What on earth does that mean? Do you know mm. what I'm saying? So I often would love to give tips as being as experienced as I am. I'd like to give more tips to allow people to be, you know, better mm. at what they're doing. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, speaking personally, from you know, from personal experience, I think that's something I would have really benefited from is because and I think especially women are far more visual than men. Are. I think men kind of can, can take on board um, tips and, and oh God, my mind's gone totally blank. Well, a woman will never move like a man and a man will never move like a woman. Exactly. It, it takes a certain experience, you know. And mm. now, of course, we're going to have the same sex. So it's like um, 
movement to music. It's like mm. each person has to be coordinated and they have to bring that coordination skill. You know, it doesn't matter man, woman, two men, two women. It doesn't exactly matter who you're dancing with. Mm. It's those coordination skills, like you said, and mm. as many tips as possible. And that's what I will be doing. I will be constantly trying my best to bring a few simple things that people will understand to improve themselves week in and mm. week out. Brilliant. I cannot wait. And um, to be honest, I literally, before I got asked to do the show, I'd never, I've hardly, I'd barely watched, watched it. And much to my regret, because I think if I had watched it, I would have really appreciated the joy and, you know, such as it is, and it's immense. And the fact it is all about letting go and it doesn't matter, you know, you're not going to go out there, like you say, and be a perfect kind of world-class dancer, which I was expecting and did think when I was leading up to the first dance, I thought, I remember saying to Anton, I saying, Anton, you know what? I think we're going to do really well. And he kind of looked at me and raised an eyebrow. And I said, you know, I, I think, you know, this is a great dance, but I think we need to have a bit of a razzmatazz at the end and suggested the kind of being chucked onto the floor, which was such a disaster, but that, you know, the confidence was there and he was so amazing. And then you get out and it's a different story. And just one, um, just one other small point for Yes, you. tell me, tell me. Don't underestimate the power of the voting viewer. Yeah, well, they weren't with me. You, you get a two or a three or a one or a this. Yeah. If you become a national treasure favourite, they can take you much further than you anticipated going. So rather than being fearful to anybody else who might be doing the show, don't be fearful of the judges. Work a lot more towards the audience. Because okay, they yeah, are that's... people that bring you back week in and week out. Yeah, that's very, very good advice. And and I read somewhere, Shelley, that for you, that was something that was quite hard when you were um, selected to be a head judge. I mean, that must have been a difficult thing to step from being a professional dancer and that being your background to suddenly going in front of the TV cameras to being on the other side almost. I mean, how easy did you find that? It was the most difficult thing I ever did in my life. I wanted to pee my pants every time I sat down. I was so terrified. It was not easy. So when I was the very, very first, first of all, when I got the job at 57, who would have ever thought, you know, and it was my son who pushed me because I was being bullied in my own industry. And he said, I think you should try for Uncle Len's job. We've known Len since before Mm. Mark was born. And, you know, to cut a long story short, he pushed me into it. I went, I did terrible on the first interview, great on the second interview. But when it actually came to the night, I had a diary and I I, I wanted to say everything. And then I had to realize you've got short bullet points, 15 seconds to get your point across. I remember standing at the back of the stage, my knees were going quivering my zip on my dress had broken and I, they were trying to sew me in it and the sweat was dripping all down my back I could feel it you know now I've had that experience as a world-class competitor going into major finals to win world titles and what have you but to have it when you're just standing there when your leg you can't barely walk one foot in front of the other so I know what it feels like to be coming down those stairs you know mm. I sympathize I get it I've been mm. there I'm not somebody who's all mouth I have been in the same shoes as those people that are coming down those stairs. I Mm. know exactly how they feel. I know exactly how you felt. And when things go wrong, I'm not one to mark somebody to go wrong. I want to see how you get get it going and re-pick it back up because I'm more likely to give you an extra point from that than a point for deducting for the mistakes you make. So everybody's different in the way that they judge. I have my own system. 
You know, mm. every person who gets out in Strictly and puts themselves in a vulnerable position in front of 15 million people every week, I take off my hat. Mm. Mm. Because I mean, you, what you're saying is, is, I mean, that can be adopted for life. You know, the way you look at the world and the way you, you know, it's looking at the world as a glass half full as opposed to a half glass empty and looking for the good in everything. And also, I think it's kind of, it turns towards gratitude. It's being grateful for doing a little point right or holding your your middle finger, your swear finger in the right way, as I call it, um, when you're holding your arms. And, you know, that that is how we should look at life. And do you, is that how you look at life? Are you a glass half full person? Well, let me tell you, first of all, I have the most iconic mother ever. She's going to be 84. I just decided to take two days up and go and see her up north. So mm. I took her out for lunch and then she said to me, I want to go down Matthew Street, Shirley, and I want to go and have a drink and a little dance. I said, Mother, what the virus. She looked at me, she said, Got to die of something, Shirley, something. <laughs> 84, you know, or still positive. In she goes, up dancing, got the mask on, got a little whiskey, giving it a boogie and a shake. And I'm sat there thinking, Oh my gosh, is this virus in here? And she goes, Relax, enjoy yourself. You've been double vaccinated. She, I have not heard one negative remark out of my mother and it's not a word of a lie since she got mm. cancer since we've been through this pandemic um she's never negative about losing her son you know everything out of my mother's mouth is positive and I think that that's what I've learned with her and she's very she watches the show she watches it when she, she watches her series to me you know my son had said oh your face is a bit scary mum and so I call my mum I said Mark thinks I look a bit scary she says oh I did this when I saw you <laughs> Soften your edges a bit, girls. Soften your edges. They're not all in there to be world champions. Said you just oh. bring that more lovable side of you that we all know. You know, you're not training them to win the British. So I, I thought that was uh, okay. So I was watching myself in the mirror and sort of, because I can be a little bit, come on now, Susanna, straighten that leg. What is that? You know, rather than, now, could we work a little bit more on that straight leg? I think mm. we can. now how could we do it? Blah 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 blah. So I was repracticing how I could come across positive, constructive, but myself without being scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you've nailed it. Is all I can say. I wish in the moment I could have appreciated that more. And um, but no, you're you're you are amazing. And and what's even more amazing was was going. You know, if we go back to the beginning, you grew up in in Liverpool, and your parents split up when you were was it two years old. And your mum's called Audrey, is that right? Yes, she is. Oh, Ords. Okay, and Ords and your brother David, and you moved into a flat on a housing estate. And it was, you know, it was tough, wasn't it, for you at the beginning? It was, you know, really, really difficult. I mean, even this weekend, I was, we went for this little lunch and this lady jumped out and said, hi, Shirley. And my mind's going back and I'm thinking, who is this lady? Ended up being a good friend of mine called Hazel Cook. And I remembered her living opposite the flat and her mother had a big chest freezer and they used to shop at Iceland and they had all this food and we didn't even have a fridge or a telephone, or my mum managed to get this little lost coal thing that kept your butter from going reezy. And it all came flooding back, you know, all these memories from living on this child, childhood estate with these friends. Yeah, it was, it was difficult, but it was community. I was just going to say, you would have benefited from an amazing community. And, and out on the streets and watching yeah, of course. And more street smart, you know, than being yeah. in a bubble, I found. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that kids today have unfortunately have lacked. And, you know, the background you're talking about is disappearing. And I think that's so sad. That sense of community is something we all need. But I do feel slightly, Shirley, I don't know if you feel this, that the the pandemic has kind of reinstated that. The pandemic has brought everybody a lot more together, I feel. I mean, even my mum, She's not really an overly neighbourly person, but our neighbours would check in on her when I wasn't there and did she have enough food and was she okay? And she actually got to know neighbours both sides of her house, which was wonderful. Mm. And even in my own complex, coming out on that Thursday night and clapping with the pan lids and everything else, just being able to see everybody supporting one another. So I'm hoping when we get back to normal even though it will be a new normal mm. I'm hoping that this community type spirit will always continue and that people will not forget the pandemic I know people say oh, I just want to move on don't forget it and forget what it brought as well you know this community this sense of appreciation for the NHS it's the best medical system in the world you know maybe we took it all for granted you know I've Absolutely. lived in the United States I've, I've been in that you know, care where they chop your left leg off instead of your right leg and, you know, everything you have to pay for. And then you come back here and it's like just a different world. And I'm hoping that people will not forget that. Mm. Yeah, I, I hope so too. And uh, it's kind of funny because I, I that's something that I'm a bit glass half empty about because if you look at also how how quickly we've taken on this new way of living I mean it's been yes it's been 18 months but I look at people walking down the street and if they're not wearing a mask it jars not because I'm worried or scared it's just like hmm, that's a bit strange or even if I'm watching something on television now and I'm you know watching EastEnders or Coronation Street or something I think why are they wearing masks and it's so, and then you've got this whole new language that we, this vocabulary that we've all learned like that. So it's amazing how the human race has adapted. And I just hope, like you say, the community spirit and, and looking after each other and looking out for each other's days. I, t I spoke to Sarah James about Strictly, you know, when we had the first Strictly, of course, there was lots of rules, but it's actually going to be more difficult to him this time around than it was last time around. So, you know, because now more things have been implemented and more rules as we were learning at the beginning about the virus. And now that we've got much more information, she wants to put many more rules in place just for the safety and the protection of everybody. But I'm a little bit like you. I'd never leave the house without my mask. I would never leave the house without my gel. And I just look that I can only be responsible for myself. Yeah, sorry. Um... My beloved husband slamming the door. Um, but, but I wonder how long we'll be like that. I wonder how long. I think it's, I think it's going to take a long time to wind down. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't think that the virus is going anywhere. I just yeah. think that we need to learn to live with it. And it will be like any of the childhood diseases. We've had the chicken pox. We've had the whatever we've had, the plagues and the this. We learn to mm. adapt. We learn to live with it. After this, there'll be something else, I'm sure. Yeah. And we learn sure. it, so maybe it's just good practice. It's a yeah. good practice run. 
And I do feel that it put people more alert on their own hygiene because I'd sometimes go into a bathroom with friends they'd walk out without washing their hands mm. or you know you when you touch things now you're much more let me do my hands let me carry my YPs you're more conscious and I think that's a good thing for flu I think it's a good yeah. thing for passing on normal germs not just you know this virus you see I don't know if I agree with that because I I just think you know, if you the more germs you have around you, especially as a child, the more resilient you are. And if we're too kind of but you're not going to get way rid of germs. They're always no, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, can protect ourselves perhaps a little bit from the flus and the this and the that with the mask and the, mm. you know, the gel. So I, I think of course it's been difficult living throughout the pandemic. I mean, I was one who struggled with anxiety and several other things. But at the end of the day, it's onwards and upwards. We just yeah. have to keep moving forward because the life goes that quick. Yeah, so true. Been sad for so many families who've lost loved ones and, you know, even people who are anti-vaxxers, you know, I've been reading up a lot on that. I know they get out there and they march. And then unfortunately, you know, one dad who's had father of two or four, you know, passed away at 42 and then another one passed and another one passed to each his own choice and decision. Mm-hmm. To each mm-hmm. his own choice and decision. Me, I'm glad I took the vaccine. Yeah, same here. Same I'm here. glad I wear my mask. I'm glad I did my hand gel. But this weekend, my 84-year-old mother actually gave me the confidence and the courage, let's go out. Down Matthew Street, which was shoulder to shoulder, go into those little, you know, pub things and sit. We found a nice table. and We'd get up and have a little dance together. And and she's 84 and she, she doesn't want to be stuck in a house. She's courageous. She's got courage. She's double vaccinated. So she said, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out there, put my mask, I'll do my things. And that's the way it's going to be. So they- has, she, has she always been like that? Because was she the one who encouraged you to start ballet? Because you started when you were two years old. You could barely stand at two years ballet old. Shoes. I've just found no. my ballet shoes from two. I have their small, they're tiny, oh. and my son's ballet shoes and his first swim shoes. Uh, my mother's always been like that, a very, very positive influence, a girl about town, loved her life. You know, she loved it the most when she was in a barmaid, I think, and having fun with people, and she's a people person. She always tries to tell me she's very shy. I'd love to do goggle box with her, but she's always trying to tell me she's very shy. But when I put her behind my my camera lens for my social media, she's just right there and giving it large. So she's just a natural. You have to do Gogglebox with her. Please tell Audrey <laughs> the nation is missing out. We need they to see Audrey. Not know what's hit them if she was on Gogglebox. Let me, if she sees a naked body or naked attraction, oh, <laughs> <God>. have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> that show is hilarious negative attraction oh my god i just can't believe it can you it's it's kind of you you start watching and then you can't stop and i just think well i've watched how, how do these people it. do it and i tried to talk to my mother about it of course she does not agree with people going on and taking their clothes off but what it did for me is it showed me that people are all different shapes and sizes and everything is great yeah everything is great everything I is agree. great it's not yeah. easy to walk out with without your kit on at the end, you know, but these girls do it confidently and it's the human body. And mm. I don't think the show makes it disgraceful. I think it gives certain tips about different things, you know, to do with mm. the human body. So, yeah, it's interesting. Mm. And confidence. I think confidence is the sexiest thing. 
in a man or a woman if you've got confidence. Could you stand there on naked attraction with your kit off? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> only, only because it's kind of you go out there and you want to be attractive and to be perceived as attractive. That's the part that I struggle with. If I'm going out, we go, you know, you go out and take the piss a bit, then fine. But um, yeah, not a bloody chance. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But, um... Is is ballroom where your love of clothes came from? Because you 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 adore clothes, don't you? And you adore the the glamour of it all. And did that come from the amazing outfits you've worn in your career? See, now this is an interesting question because I am much more a casual dresser and don't consider myself to be a fashion icon in any shape or form. The dresses that you see strictly come with the job. The dresses in my industry come with the job. You don't have a choice. That's the kind of glam that you wear. And my stylist, Alexandra, who I've had from day one of Strictly, she just now, she said, okay, Shirley, this is the day we're going to go and get all your dresses and your clothes. I couldn't think of a more nightmare day. <laughs> she ha- she gives me 50 dresses. They're all hung up. She said, I am the quickest person. It's on, it's look, it's twist. Next, on, it's off, it's twist. You like it, you don't like it. I don't need to stand for 10 minutes. Just tell me if that's what you've got in your mind. So I wouldn't say that I'm much more comfortable in a nice blouse, leggings and jogging suit, maybe even. So the glamour you see on me is because it comes with the job that I do. Okay, and how long? That's a uniform for me, my uniform. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree, agree with you. For me, there's nothing worse than having to try on outfits, whether it's for a shoot or whatever. For me, that's the worst part of it. And But how long does it, when you're going through that, how long does it take you to hit the wall and go, I can't try on another bloody dress? How long does that take? Alexandra knows that she better move fast because after a couple of hours, she knows that we need to go and get a coffee and then we can come back and perhaps do a little bit more. But I trust my stylist with my life. I really do. She is the professional. So I know that she understands my body now, what will suit me, what won't suit me. She always gives me a choice. And sometimes I say, oh, well, I'll go with that. And she'll, well, I think this one will look the best. And she's always right. Mm, and the same yeah. with Jane and the hair and the makeup. You know, I very, very rarely question. Maybe sometimes I'll ask, can I have it up? Or I think this season I want to try some wigs. Yes, yes. Do it. 
do it. Yes. So I think I might want to try a short red wig for different theme weeks or something like maybe a long one, maybe, I don't know, because Mopsy wears them and she looks fantastic. She's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. She can change every week. So I think I want to do a little bit more of that. I'm just in talks with Jane about that. But no, I have a great team that I trust. So I don't really get involved. I don't tread on their toes because they are the professionals, not me. Yeah. What bliss to have that. I mean, I, I, um, yeah, but it is, you do have to feel comfortable. I mean, don't you find if you're, yes, you trust your team, but if you put something on and maybe Alexandra says to you, you know what? No, Shirley, that looks amazing. Seriously. And you're going, well, it doesn't feel quite right. No, it really looks, trust me. That's why I went with that opening outfit last year that was made for me that was beautiful purple and the big mm -hmm. most uncomfortable thing it squashed every little bit that I had all me bits and bobs and bobs bits it squashed everything it Fantastic. had no stretch no stretch but if you stood still it looked stunning mm. but I did tell her this year I said I want something comfortable floaty I can sit in it's a long day you know the launch show mm. it's a long mm. day if you're uncomfortable so mm. it works hard. We found shoes that are comfortable and, you know, the design, the dress was lovely. It just, if it has no given, it's very uncomfortable. But you have to feel when you look in the mirror that you look good because otherwise you're, I mean, speaking from experience, it's like if you feel you look shit, then your confidence goes. You as a, as a judge and to a certain extent as a performer on the show, if, you, if you're not thinking I look pretty good, it makes it harder, doesn't it? A thousand percent harder, particularly mm. in my case. But I've got friends who, you know, let's say have a rounded physique and they come out and they, they just have all this confidence and I'm in awe of them because mm. I look at myself and I'm the type of person, if I'm wearing a dress, I don't want one ridge in the dress. You know where your bra meets and your panty line meets? I would rather wear spanks all in one, right over the bust, right over your bits and bobs, right down to your knees and have no line. Mm. If I can see a line, I wouldn't be able to walk on TV. I wouldn't. Mm. But that must, because you're a dancer and that's how you've had to, all your life, train your body, I imagine. It's like you couldn't afford, not because it was, you, you, you couldn't be overweight, but just to have that kind of, that, perfect seamless form and I imagine that translates to I think in today's society you know you can you can be um an xxx plus size let's say but they mm. have now the most magnificent underwear mm. to wear underneath their clothes they really mm. really do you know that really curve the boobies and mm. the waist and that you know can make just not all the ridges I'm just mm -hmm. not a rich person if you're going to wear tight mm. clothing wear appropriate underwear Absolutely, Spanx all the way, all the way. I mean, Trini and I actually we, we had a drawer full of Spanx. I love oh my god! Spanx. So do I. But I just feel so much. It's like my, you feel toned, you know. And uh, certainly at my age, you know, I take, I exercise a lot, I run a lot, but it's still I am not toned. But as soon as I put on support underwear, it's like suddenly, you know, hey. I said last, last time with Anton de Beck, you know, he, he commented, Shirley, you're looking really nice this evening. And I just hitched my skirt up and those spanks came to my knees. And <laughs> that then, Anton, it went home to him. It just shattered all his illusions. Was this <laughs> coming past my kneecaps? But that was okay. It was her <laughs> past your kneecaps and then squidging the flesh down. Oh, <laughs> baby, squidging. 
Oh my goodness me. Um, but I love, you know, so you've got confidence now, which is fantastic. But when you were growing up, you were, you've been bullied basically for decades. Isn't that right? You know, at school and by a hu American husband. Industry, through some husbands, through um, people always saying I was too heavy. Fat was used a word all the time, which gave me a this oh. just awful feeling of how I looked, which I still struggle with today. I'd be 61 coming up soon, and it's still a struggle for me. It's an ongoing battle all the time. Mm. Ongoing. Mm. But people don't bully now, do they, as much as they used to? My industry will always be full of bullying, always. It always. It's a man-dominated man industry, and the way that some of them treat and speak to women is really unacceptable. Maybe, and perhaps it will start changing, because obviously when somebody has a voice and they can speak out, it makes people think before they throw shit, basically, in your face. Mm. So, you know, hopefully it will get better. But for sure, from men at the top, even men now that talk to me and friendly to my face that have had a six inch knife like that in my back for many years. Really? I'm oh, yeah. so you know what? I forgive and I move on. I don't want to make it my issue. It's their issue. It's not mine. So I'm fine to talk to everybody. And my, my good friend says to me, I don't know how you can talk to that person. They've done this, this and this. I said, if I didn't talk to people who'd been mean to me, I wouldn't be able to talk to anybody. Yeah. That's the and also... The success is the best form of revenge. And um, if we're talking about revenge, but I mean, if you can give me, if you once, if we see each other, if you can name a new names for me, um, will you give me permission to go and stab them in the back? Or in the <laughs> you see, it would never be me that would ever want to retaliate. Or, I've, yeah. got, I've got a friend, actually, I won't mention his name, but he lives his life for revenge. For yeah. anybody who's double-crossed him, and I don't. And let, Life's too short. It's mm. too short. It keeps moving. I've just had my 60th birthday and now it's coming around to 61. We've been nearly two years in a pandemic. Who wants to be bothered with all that, to be honest? So mm. if they've got an issue and they want to slag me off and she's fat and she's this and she's ugly and she's rude and she connived here and she connived there, if they want to do that, good for them. Mm. Well, it's that, that old adage. It's like what other people think of you is none of our business. Yeah. And I think that's such a good thing. It's a difficult statement to live by, but it's a it's a goodie. And I always I'm always saying that to my children if they're you know getting being hurt or someone's upsetting them. But um, again, going back to oh, this is I love this. We're hardly talking about anything. I had all these questions. Oh, I've got my I've got my questions. I've got my underwear to show you and all my. I just don't care. I just love you know sod the podcast and and my wardrobe malfunction. This is just so brilliant. I could talk to you for hours. Okay, so you, how long did you live in America for, and what was that like? I I left Great Britain when I was about twenty three. Okay. I lived in Houston, Texas, where my son was born. Okay. And then I moved back to Great Britain in 1990. And then did my career, won a second time, you know, with the, my part, my husband. And then when my son left at 21, he went to do Dancing with the Stars. I just locked up my, this house, actually. I locked up this house and I moved there, got an apartment. And I lived there for over 11 years. Wow. And I came back, one, because my mum got cancer, and two, because of the commitment for the show. And I wanted to 
I wanted to give it 150% of my time. So the show for me isn't just going on on a Saturday evening. The show continues when I go on the train and I meet people. It's when I go into town and, and fans come up and they want a little cuddle or they want to photograph or they want to feel part of you. To me, it's in for a penny and a pound. I wanted to be 100% mm. in the whole thing. So that's why I moved back. And how long were you married for to your American husband? What was he called? Corky. Corky. His real name was Mark okay. Alexander Corky Ballas Jr. And his oh, dad okay. named him, you know, the Corky bit. I was okay. married to him over 22 years. Bloody hell, Shirley. And were you, so you were in America pretty much for all of that time? Well, America, then we moved over. Then you moved back here, okay. And then we, we won again in 1996 after. And that was with him? With him, Corky. I took him from a beginner. You're joking. No, it's a long story. You'd need a whole other podcast for all the husbands and all the dramas that went on. And But basically, I won in 1983 with my first husband, left in this drama, ran off to America, decided after a few months I'd made a mistake. I wanted to come back. My first husband wouldn't have me. My mother says, you made your bed lie in it. So that's what I did. And then I thought, but I want to dance. So I mm. trained my second husband from a beginner a beginner, went back to the very first round after winning, being the champion, I was right at the bottom, and then did this, moved up, moved up, and then in 1995, beat my first husband that I had won with in 83. <laughs> so that was like a, that was like a... What a moment. An interesting journey. It's been, an, my life has been an interesting journey for sure. And do you feel settled now? I mean, do you feel you've done all these incredible things, lived you know, in America, la, 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 la. I mean, do you feel you've found a place where you're kind of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm good, good now. now. No. I don't think I'll ever be settled. I, you know, I'm, my heart is torn because my son lives in Los Angeles with his beautiful wife. I know that they're going to start a family at some part. Do, do I want to be part of those children's lives? Of course I do. So it's just figuring out, you know, do I, am I here for the runner strictly? Shall I spend some more time there? How do I balance it with everything that's going on? So it's all yeah. balanced, but I will never truly feel settled. Like this is my armchair. Oh yes. And this is how it's going to be for the next 10 years. And that's what makes my life exciting. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know. You know, will I keep this job next year? Will I move back to America? Will my, will my grandchildren dance? Is my son come? You know, it's difficult. But do you, do you still have dreams? And if so, what are they? Do you have a dream still? I've got bucket list dreams. I would like to jump out of airplanes. I would like to go into on a on a safari and save the rhinos and the elephants. And I would like to get involved with the animals and the planet. And, you know, those types of things I would like to do more mm. of. I'd like to have a beautiful holiday with my son and, and his wife and things like that, you know. So. Mm. But career-wise, because you've, you've had your... Um your autobiography you've had immense success dancing you've you've been you know you've reached the top the tip top top in the ballroom dancing world is there anything that you aspire to still in 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 your career my, my boyfriend thinks I could be an actress so of course I've done panto but I wouldn't be I would be open to doing like a spot on Coronation Street or I would like to do some presenting I'd like to have my own radio show I would like to communicate with the general public but not just like short things I would like to be able to talk to them properly and give people time so mm. I'm my door is always open to 
writing another book or doing different things, going on tour, maybe even dancing at my age. I just was did a full show. I did a full show of an audience with Shirley Ballas. And a lot of it was I was dancing with this young chap called Luke Miller. And uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So can we see that anywhere? Can I watch that anywhere? Is that online? There's bits and bobs if you put in Luke Miller and Shirley Ballas an audience with little bits of the show that come up. But the whole thing wasn't filmed. Yeah, I'd love to see that. And Definitely going to be good. I want to do an American Foxtrot with Anton de Beck. And I want to do it um, to the song Roses and Violets. There's a beautiful Viennese waltz out there called Roses and Violets <laughs> by Alexander Jean. And that I would like to dance to that music with Anton de Beck. Oh, and not just one second, you know, because I think people think, oh, they're old, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, honey, I can do two minutes and still be standing at the end and put a lot of them to shame. Come on now. Who right you let can. Me do I it with Anton de Beck. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that for a second. You'll be out there. And you met your, you just mentioned your boyfriend who you met during Panto. I did. And he's your, he's like my husband's younger than me. And he's, he's younger than you, which is. High five. I celebrate that all the way. And how long have you been together now? It'll be three years coming up this Christmas. That's so lovely. And we locked down together. We went from seeing each other one day a week to living together 24-7. So that was, um, we really got to know each other. So I think that that was like a six years that we condensed into the pandemic. So there's a, a positive Exactly. And that could have gone tits up, but it didn't. So, you know. Titties up and it didn't. Absolutely correct. Fantastic. That's so good. And have you ever had, or what has been your worst wardrobe malfunction? You must have had endless when you were dancing. But when have your clothes really let you down? Two times. So lots of them, but two times that are worth mentioning. One was just before I was about to walk on for my first show of Strictly, and I've still got the dress upstairs. And I had dropped my weight down to something like a size six. And the dress was a little snug. And just as I took a step up, the zip went zzz, and the whole thing was hanging. And there was, oh, my God, needle and cotton. Get the needle and cotton. Headdress, headdress, hold. What's live TV? We can't hold. Get us a It was a mess. There was people trying to get me in, pin me in. Don't turn this way. Just walk in a straight line and back up to your seat so they couldn't see it, you know. It's oh live TV. The show has to go on. And yeah. then... Another time at the All England Championships, I wore a very beautiful purple dress and the weight of the dress spun and the knicker broke, the knicker <gasps> broke. And that was it, darling. That was, you know, meat and veg all on show there. And I kept no. going. I grabbed the skirt, I pulled it across. Of course, it kept slipping and people were clapping and cheering and the whole nine yards. So it was like... You know, you've got to keep going, haven't you? You got the show must go on always. Oh God, I can't imagine. I don't know how you did that. That is, oh my God, can you? I just can't imagine that with everything on display. And then you just kept going. Everything was on display. Probably didn't have iPhones back then, so thank goodness it's not on an iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank God. I think you might have to reenact though. Reenact that though, because I would love to see that. We'll rage check on that. Oh, my darling. But hey, when you were touring around the world, um, did you have a sort of comfort blanket? I know your beloved brother, who very sadly, David, isn't it, who um, passed away when he was very young, 44. I'm so sorry about that. And 
you have his ashes in an urn, which I do, saying with my mum. She's my mum's in an urn. And um, is that something? I mean, do you carry anything around with you always that's like your comfort blanket? Well, nowadays I take a photograph of my brother and one of my son. But back in the day, this bad boy here used to go in the suitcase. It's got tigers on. And this was Mark's pillow. <gasps> and it, you know, uh, he used to have it on his bed and his little ring that he bought me when he was really like five, I've never taken it off. And in actual fact, I had this, you know, cut that I've just had this um, six stitches in. And this ring was on this finger and they wanted to cut it off. And I told them, you have to find a way of getting that ring off, but, you, but, but your hand would need six stitches. It's swollen. It's No, we're not cutting the ring. They had everything on it, oil, this, that. Anyway, they managed to get it off and have it. So the ring and the pillow, Mark's pillow when I'm traveling. Oh. And nowadays, since he's grown, he's 35 now, I take a small picture of my brother and my son with me. Yeah, that's so lovely. And the ring, I mean, is that, do you think the reason you've never lost it is because you can't get it off? Do you think, because I lose everything except the things that I never take off. It's got all little hearts in. Every little oh. heart is a hug and a kiss for me from him. So I just don't take it off. I just don't. Yeah. And my mother's bracelet she bought me when I was 40, I never take that off. Beautiful. So nice. So I'm going to look out for both those things on Strictly. Um, make sure you're telling the truth, which I know you are. <laughs> and um, so, Shirley, they couldn't get the ring off. And um, why did you have to have stitches in your hand? Well, what I was... Happened? I was on a job somewhere, which will I can't say at the moment which one it was. And I was washing a, a glass in the sink and I was doing this with my hand and pushing my hand in the glass oh. and the glass just broke and it really took the biggest chunk out of my hand. So they sent me straight away to the emergency. I had cut the tendon on the side. So they had to stitch that and then six stitches to keep it together. And it's much, much better now. I'll need some hand therapy and different exercises but it is on the mend but it oh. for that split second and I'm sure you'll see it on the tv program because they'll show it there was blood everywhere I mean you wouldn't think such a you know small piece of flesh could create so much let's see the stitches hold it they've up. just come out <gasps> oh my oh my god you poor thing and can you move your little digit can you move your pinky okay? yeah it's getting there getting there yeah for you okay well I'm glad it's recovering so have you because you know you're always from the nature of your job you're always glamorous because that, that's what you have to be so what if you're going out to an event or something and you want to wear something something really special that makes you and I think I know what you're going to say about this but the equivalent of a birthday suit something that makes you feel a million bloody here it is Oh my so God, These go underneath with my lovely little stockings. It's when I go out on a date with my boyfriend. Okay, well, look, can we just say, we're looking at some underwear, which almost looks like it's come from a sex shop. I'm not going to lie. And a beautiful fuchsia pink. It's and summer. <gasps> yes, it's beautiful. I have oh. this. If I want to feel special with him, I wear those. Or I have these little greeny things. Okay. And I so, so birthday suit is all about underwear. And now, because you've had your, you had um, a boob job, didn't you, a while ago? Because Gorky, Corky, Corky. <laughs> wanted it. 
And I remember when you, you mentioned that and I thought, oh God, she's so lucky. And it's made such a huge difference actually to you. I've noticed, you know, having watched you and to see, because, because boobs get in the way. So but I love the fact, are you feeling sexier now that you've had a, um, you've got the augmentations taken out? I feel marvellous. And I just had my, my mammogram and all the tests came back clear. So I'm really yes. just looking. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't actually Corky who told me to have those boobs done. I had them done because I thought it was going to make me feel more special for him. Okay. Uh, and my, my advice to anybody is you have to do it because it's what you want. You can't do it for somebody else because mm. things have a way of changing. Mm -hmm. And then they became uncomfortable and then they were tilted and it was uncomfortable to sleep. And when I fa eventually found a great surgeon to take them out, I didn't just want to take the breast implants out. I wanted to take out all that grew around them, which is like a big piece of fillet steak. Ooh. And then out that fillet steak, you get all these things that wrap around the ribs and the they took it all out so it was a four-hour operation but I have two wow. scars underneath you know but Danny says that them a smiley face <laughs> oh my god but he sounds heaven I feel um so much better I do yeah hence now only recently like I say when I go out with him I don't wear the spanks but I try to wear the pretty underwear you know and then the nice tops on top but that's just for Danny and and my spanks when I'm working yeah, spanks when you're working. And one thing I do say, the thing, the, the outfit that I think you look best in is, and you've worn it maybe once, I've seen you wear it once or twice, is the sort of tailored dinner suit, man's tailored smoking jacket. You know, I had that when I had my boobs taken out. Alexandra, because they still had the tubes, I had the operation on Tuesday and went back to work on a Saturday when it's a six-week recovery. So, and I didn't want to miss a week. So Alexandra got me a very, very soft, soft blouse, no bra, soft blouse, little tie, and then that beautiful black dinner suit. She got that 150% mm. right. She really did. It was comfortable. Even though I was, you know, in pain, it was still comfortable. Yeah, I love that look. Yeah, it really suits you. Yeah. All right, my darling. Well, I could, oh my God, we've been speaking for hours. I, I could talk to you forever. And I re I regret even more now that I didn't get to know you when I was oh. um, doing Strictly because you're a superstar. And um, I wish you so much success for the next series. And I'll definitely be watching and um, send you the biggest kiss in the world. Well, maybe you'll get to come in if they have an audience. Maybe you'll get to come back and we can have a, you know, a drink in the tent. A little catch up. Loud and a little catch up. It's so good. And keep your dancing up. Remember, it's just movement to music. And when you move to music, you feel that much better. I can guarantee you, I will never ballroom dance again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you're just wonderful. And um, so give a big kiss to Audrey. And tell her from me she needs to go on Gogglebox. <laughs> I will. It'll cheer the world up. I hope the country's ready for odds. Odds, <laughs> get odds out there. All right, Shirley, have a wonderful rest of the day. And um, I send you so much love and thank you. Thank you, Susanna. Thank you. Take care. Oh, Shirley, Shirley, Shirley. What a joyful, wonderful lady you are. Thanks so much for your time. I might even dust off my old dancing shoes. Okay, maybe not. Right, before we go, remember, 
that we and our house band duo are taking my ward mal on the road for one night only on Sunday, 7th of November at the Yvonne Arnaud Mill Studio, starting at 7.45 p.m. GMT and streaming everywhere from 8 p.m. We'd love you to join us. Go to our show notes for tickets or our website, mywardmal.com. You can also drop us a line by emailing help at mywardmal.com. Follow us at mywardmal. And we'd be so grateful too if you'd subscribe, rate and review us on your chosen podcast platform. By the way, you can find Duo at duoguitarmusic.com or at duoguitarmusic on their socials. Right, that's it. Thanks so much again to Shirley, to Duo, and of course, thanks to you for listening. Catch up soon. Until then, my wardrobe is officially closed. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.